Pastor Xavier Reese and offering the gift of life. The lake of fire is described as a place of eternal torment. When people perish eternally, they have consciousness. They're in the place of torment. That grieves my heart. That should drive each of us to take every opportunity to share Christ with our loved ones, our friends. Who cares if they think I'm a jerk? Could you pass up a burning car with someone asking for help? People are perishing, they don't know. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Every movie comes to an end. Every book has a closing chapter. But what about man and mankind? Well, in spite of our efforts to combat global warming and live green, things are going to get even worse, not better. So if man's days are numbered, what hope is there? Let's join Pastor Xavier in the book of Revelation for an important look at what's to come. Revelation chapter 20, we're going to look at verse 1 all the way to chapter 21, verse 8. And the message entitled, The Final and Eternal State. We have seen the millennial age described by Ezekiel, and it's literal. It lasts a thousand years. The earth will go through a renovation, bringing about abundance of the earth. The ferocity of the animal kingdom will be reverted to the pre-Adamic state. The child will lead a lion, play with a serpent. The nation of Israel will occupy the kingdom age, fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies. Those who survive the great tribulation and accept Christ will enter into that kingdom. And Jesus will rule as king, priest, and prophet, possibly with a co-regency of David, delegated through other rulers and governors as we've seen in our study. So there's so much that we've learned about the millennial, the thousand-year kingdom. But after the millennial comes the eternal state. Right now, we want to be able to understand what happens after that. Ezekiel doesn't tell us, but John gives us that in Revelation. And so we want to hook up, trailer on it. Verse 11 through 15 of chapter 20. The particular event is called the white throne judgment. Now, the white throne judgment is distinct from the Bema seat of Christ. John here in 11 says, Then I saw a white throne in him who sat on it. The Bema Seat of Christ, as you know, is for the believer at the rapture of the church. He will go before the Lord to be judged for his works, the motives of his works, 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. Why I did it, how I did it. If it wasn't out of agape love and obedience, then I get no reward. But yet I'm saved by fire because I'm saved by grace through faith. So there's a distinction between the Christian's judgment and the non-believer here. The white throne judgment is for the unbeliever at the end of the thousand years. The white throne judgment is the prelude before establishing the new heaven and the new earth of the eternal order. It's all chronological here, what's happening. The millennial kingdom was a renovation only, removing the curse of the ground and the fierceness of the animal kingdom. Isaiah 65, 25 is very clear in that. Sin nature and sin was still present in man, and death still occurred. This new eternal order eliminates all of this, as we'll see. Notice verse 12 and 13. The particular event involves all who have ever rejected salvation, the judgment of the non-believer. The permanent record of their lives 
is in books that were open, notice. And another book was open, verse 12, which is the book of life. The books contain their works, their deeds, their sins. Nothing will be omitted. The book of life contains those saved. These individuals, their names are not found. Is your name written there? If it is, it's because you've accepted Jesus Christ. You've repented from your sins. Notice still in 12, the people are held accountable for their lives. The dead are judged according to the facts written in the books. The particular event results in the casting of three things into the lake of fire or Gehenna. The first to be cast in is death, beginning of verse 14. Death is first mentioned by God as he warned Adam, remember? Not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in Genesis 2, 16 and 17. Literally it says in Genesis 2, 17, dying you shall die. The minute that Adam and Eve partook, they died immediately spiritually, separate from God. And immediately following, the physical death began. Hades is the second to be cast in the lake of fire. Notice. So death first, then Hades. Still 14. As explained earlier, Hades is the Greek word for the temporary place of the unseen or departed. When a person dies apart from Christ, they are conscious. They don't cease to exist. The lake of fire is where rebellious man and rebellious angels will be separated for all eternity then. Now notice, at the end of 14 and 15, those not found in the book of life is the third thing that is cast into the lake of fire. Death, Hades, and all who are not found in the book of life. The confirmation of their separation is stated. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into where? The lake of fire. Does it say he ceases to exist? No. Lake of fire. Their names are not found in the book of life. Anyone refers to all who have rejected the gospel. Anyone refers to all who have refused to repent of their sins. If you have not repented of your sins, if you are not transformed, you will not see the kingdom of God. You will go to hell and ultimately the lake of fire. You don't have to. You can go to hell, but you don't have to. You can go to heaven if you believe Christ died for your sins and you call on his name. People often say, I'm good enough. I'll take my chances. God can judge me for my works. They don't even realize that. They have no idea what they're saying. It's like, it's like two people. One's blind and the other one is not. And they're walking down a trail. And here comes this big grizzly bear that stands up. Let's just say the bear made no noise. Well, the blind man's not afraid. But his buddy, he's gone. <laughs> That's the picture of the believer. We understand the wrath of God. So we flee to the cross. The non-believer, he stands and says, what's the problem, dude? I'm good. Good for nothing. When people perish eternity, they don't cease to exist. They have consciousness. They're in the place of torment. That grieves my heart. That should drive each of us to take every opportunity to share Christ with our loved ones, our friends. Who cares if they think I'm a jerk? Who cares if they think I'm smoked the big one? Who cares? 
Could you pass up a burning car with someone asking for help? Would you pass up a burning building as a child is crying out for help? People are perishing. They don't know. Just like you and I did not know. The lake of fire is described as a place of eternal torment. Listen, before the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb, Revelation 14, 10, and 11. Satan is not the king or the boss of the lake of fire. Jesus runs it. Maybe you've never heard that. <laughs> Look up Revelation 14, 10, and 11. He is the one in authority. Hebrews 9, 27 says, As is appointed for men to die once, and after this, the judgment. And so the judgment of the unbeliever will take place when? Before the eternal state. What we're reading here is in chronological order. Now, notice third and last. The judgment of the heaven and the earth, which initiates the eternal state. Verse 1 through 8 of 21. In verse 1 of 21, the new heaven and earth is declared. The vision is communicated. Now I saw, now, after these, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. There are three heavens identified in scriptures, you know. The first one is where the birds fly. The second is the stellar heaven, the planets. And the third is where God dwells. We've made this point with Paul. 2 Corinthians 12. The word new here is kainos. It means new in quality, not renovation, as in the thousand-year reign of the millennial kingdom, spoken by Isaiah 65. And this is where a lot of people make a mistake. They take the scriptures of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and they run the millennium kingdom and the eternal state together. And they're two different things. You have to have a keen eye. You have to mark the distinctions. So many people run them together. This is the eternal state, which also is mentioned by Isaiah in 65, 20 through 25, 66, 22, and many other portions. You have to distinguish between the thousand-year reign and the eternal state. One will lead into the other, but you can't confuse them. Notice the commentary on the vision confirms the time factor. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. There is no mistake, there is a disappearance of the millennial earth and the heavenly order that existed there. Some mistakenly teach the new heaven and the new earth takes place at the beginning of the thousand-year reign. And they point to Peter, 2 Peter 3.10. But it's a mistake. John specifies the timeline by telling us that the earth and heaven fled away at the end of the thousand years. Verse 11 is very clear, chapter 20. Here again. So the timeline is important where you put the scriptures. This verse is also after the white throne judgment. It's verse 1. After. Now I saw. Now notice the particular detail of the vision. Confirms also the timeline. Also, there was no more sea. This really makes the distinction. During the millennium, there will be vast fishing in the Dead Sea. It will be healed. Ezekiel 47.10, Zechariah 4.8. There'll be fish like in the Mediterranean Sea. We've seen this. There's no sea here. In the eternal state, there's no ocean. The present seas are necessary for, to cool the planet, rain, food, purifying all trash and sewage. It occupies two-thirds of our earth. It won't be needed in the eternal state. No ocean. Sorry, surfers. In the eternal state, there will be no need for the seas. Listen to Peter, 2 Peter 3, 13. Now it makes sense what Peter says. Nevertheless, we according, we, Christian, he's 
talking to the church. We, the believer, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. This is eternal state, not the millennial kingdom. We reign and rule as we've seen the millennial kingdom with Jesus, but we're looking for the eternal state. The millennial kingdom is for Israel. We, the believer, are looking for a heavenly kingdom. Israel is looking for an earthly kingdom. Make sure you make those distinctions. Look at verse 2, the holy city, the new Jerusalem. The city in the vision is identified. Then I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem. It is a literal city. It is a city spoken about in the New Testament. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 speaks about that Abraham, in faith, dwelt in the land of promise, a foreign nor in the country. He was waiting for a city whose foundation and builder is maker is God. And therefore, he says, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Don't confuse this city with the one in Ezekiel 47. The city in Ezekiel 47 is in the millennial. This city, as we'll see, comes down from God in heaven. This is the eternal state, two different cities. Context, context, timeline, timeline. The origin of the city in the vision is provided, coming down out of heaven from God. The city of Ezekiel in the thousand-year reign does not come like that. That's why I want to touch this as Ezekiel is fresh in our minds. The city is seen descending out of heaven from God, don't confuse it with Ezekiel's. In 47, 48, the details there. Remember, three heavens exist. Now, some teach that the city will be suspended over the millennial. This city of the eternal state will be suspended over the earth during the millennial kingdom, and we will live with Christ there, and we'll come down to the earth to rule. This is the traditional teaching I don't see it like that. I see it chronologically here. And I think the mistake comes because they don't make the distinctions in Isaiah uh, and Jeremiah, and they run the millennial and the, new, and the eternal state together. If you make the distinction, I don't see it in existence during the thousand-year reign. But I could be wrong, so it's not going to affect your salvation. I don't see it that way. In 33 years of studying it, I don't see it that way but some do teach it. Now notice the purpose of the city in the vision is declared prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. As Babylon represented a system of people and city, so the new city is the abode of what? The church. The city in Ezekiel is abode for who? Israel. Two different individuals, people. The city is symbolic of the bride, waiting and prepared for a specific day in person. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 1 through 3, stop being afraid. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many abiding places. If it weren't so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place where, the, where I am there, you may be also. And I will come to receive you to myself. Simple. Look at verse 3 and 4. The new relationship of God with man is given. God will literally live among his people as before the fall, unbroken in fellowship, there being no sin as in the millennial. In the millennial, there's still sin. We've made that. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. 
The word tabernacle is used for the incarnation of Jesus in John 1.14. The reference to his people, Laos, is plural, indicating Jew, Gentile, one in Christ. Look at verse 4. God will remove the former things. There should be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Isaiah 25a speaks about that. But that's not the thousand-year reign, and people have mistaken it. It's talking about the eternal state. John makes it very clear here. John interprets here what it, where it fits. There should be no more death. Isaiah 25a, 1 Corinthians 15, 26. There should be no more sorrow. Isaiah 65, 19. There will be no more crying or pain. When? In the eternal state. There's still sin. There's still death in the thousand-year reign. Not for us. We're glorified, but for those on the earth. In the eternal state, there's none of this. Now look at the stamp of authority for the genuineness of the new eternal order. Verse 5 and 6. In verse 5, God commanded the words to be recorded without doubt for those who would read in all the generations. He is the one sitting on the throne of total authority and power. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. All new. And in verse 6, God declares three things. The completion of the new work. And he said to me, it is done. The proclamation, it is finished. Jesus said at the cross, it is finished. The one for salvation, the one for the new creation. And look at 6 still. The identity of the one who did it. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. The person of Jesus Christ. Revelation 1.8 identifies him as such. The invitation is to all. I will give a fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. The same promise was given by Jesus on several occasions. John 4.10 to the woman of Samaria. John 7.38-39, the last day of the great feast. God rejects no one. Isaiah 55.1 says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come. Buy wine and milk without money and without price. In other words, the Old Testament is saying the thing as John is. The salvation is an invitation to all to come. Those who have an ear to hear. Those who see themselves aligned with God's revelation. They can come and be saved. And notice verse 7 and 8. The distinction of two of those who partake of the New Testament order here. The distinction of who partakes of the new eternal order is given. Verse 7, the saints live with God for all eternity. Mark it well. The relationship is one of the family of God. They are identified as overcomers. One who is victorious, the same word is used of the seven churches. They are heirs of the things of God. They shall inherit all things. They are one with God. I will be their God and they shall be my sons. Notice the abode of the saved will be with their heavenly father. By grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. By believing in the atoning work of Jesus Christ as a substitute, 2 Corinthians 5.21. No other way. So you have the saints who will live with God forever in verse 7. Then you have the ain'ts that live separate from God for all eternity. You're a saint or an ain't right now. One of the two. But you can become, if you're an ain't, you can become a saint by trusting Jesus. Look at verse 8. The relationship is one of the family of Satan. The sharp contrast is marked by the word but. 
The various life practices that are characterized by this list is the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars, and you can continue the list. The abode of the unsaved is with their father, Satan. The final declaration and confirmation of the abode of the unsaved is stated. Listen. Shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. The final affirmation of the separation, which is the second death. John just lays it out clear. The comparison of the millennial heaven and earth to the eternal state would be like our bodies now and our glorified bodies. Completely different. Don't mistake in them. Make sure you mark the sharp distinction between the millennial and the eternal state. The context is important. Now, from verse 9 of chapter 21 all the way to chapter 22, verse 7, some believe that what is being described there is a recapitulation of the thousand-year reign, describing it more fully. But if you mark the important differences, there cannot be any mistake. You would have to ignore them and hold the view that the passage is describing the thousand-year reign. It is not. It's the eternal state. In the eternal state, the river proceeds from the throne of God and the Lamb in the middle of the street, Revelation 22, 1 and 2. And on either side of the river was a tree of life which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding fruit every month. The leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. If you look at Ezekiel's, it's completely different. It comes from the throne of God. It's different. And the time is different. Therefore, some believe again and teach that this new Jerusalem, the eternal state, exists, as I said, simultaneously, but I don't see that. This is the eternal state. The word kainos means new in quality, not renovation, like it has taken place in the thousand years that we've studied. The Lord has promised seven things to the churches regarding eternity. Listen to them carefully. Book of Revelation 2.7 says, To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. 2.11, He who overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. 2.17, To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on that stone a new name, written which no man knows except him who receives it. 2.26, And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. 3.5, he who overcomes shall be clothed with white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. 3.12, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, that's the eternal state, which comes down out of heaven from God, from my God, and I will write on him my new name. 321, to him who overcomes, I will grant a sit with me in my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. They overcame by the new birth, by their faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. John 1.12, 1 John 5.4, Revelation 12.11, and many other paths. That's the only way you can be an overcomer. Ezekiel cries out, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, God speaking. Turn, turn and live. Why would you perish? The choice is yours. After the millennium, there will be the eternal state. But these three things must take place of purging before it's inaugurated. The judgment of Satan 
cast into the lake of fire. The judgment of the unbeliever cast into the lake of fire. And the judgment of the earth cleansed by fire. All things will melt away. New heaven, new earth. Are you going to be there? Have you made your reservation? You can't just walk in. You got to call ahead. Pastor Xavier Reese and the door to eternal life. And today's lesson, The Final Eternal State, is available on CD for only $4. And this will also include what was taught the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is The Final Eternal State, or simply mention today's date. Now please address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Heaven's a wonderful place. Find out more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 